Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jackson Young. I'm your host of the Unlimited NFL Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Owen. Owen, how was week uh, five for you? Uh, well, I watched my favorite team lose the Raiders on national television, so not great. Uh, other than that, I thought it was pretty good, though. There were some good games on Sunday. Um, a few entertaining games. A few. The Sunday night game was a snooze fest. We'll get that. We'll get to that in a bit. But mostly pretty good, except for uh, the debacle that I witnessed Monday night. So yeah, that was a rough game to watch. Kind of like the Nebraska Illinois game. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, if anyone watched that. Um, so for tonight's episode, we brought on a guest, um, and his name is Alex Lolman, right? Yep, that's right. Okay. Alex, you want to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, kind of like give us some nuggets of, of yourself? Uh, introduce yourself. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm Alex, uh, as was as was said by Jackson there. Um, I'm a Vikings fan, have been my whole life. So I've, I've gone through the ups and downs of that process. Um, big football fan, um, been, been heavily following the NFL now for probably seven years or so, um, since I was in high school. So, um, just excited to be on here and glad to have the opportunity. Awesome. Uh, should be a good time. It's, I, I, I really like doing this podcast, so I think you should enjoy it too. Um, but we're going to roll right into our week five headline. And uh, this week's headline is going to be uh, the 49ers just absolutely obliterating the Cowboys 42 to 10 on Sunday night football. Um, and I'm going to ask both of you a question. Are they the best team in the NFL right now? Uh, Alex, I'll let you go first. I think it's hard to, hard to discount the, the gauntlet that the 49ers have gone through here. Um, you know, it's, they've, they've played every game strong, uh, beating a strong Rams team, um, you know, only by seven in week two, but that's a strong note there. Um, you have the giants game, which is, you know, they're all lopsided victories you have here for the, um, for the 49ers. I think it's hard to, hard to bet against them right now. Um, they're definitely having a strong season. I think, you know, you have the, the Eagles is undefeated as well, but beyond that, uh, I don't see much competition coming out of the AFC right now. I think all the teams have weaknesses in the AFC, um, and really we're just not seeing that out of the 49ers. So it, it's hard for me to hard for me to go against them at, at the current moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think 49ers right now are the, clearly the best team. I understand the Eagles are also five and zero, but the Eagles have had some shaky wins. Like they barely beat the Patriots. They had some struggles against the Vikings. Like they had a big lead in that game but they almost like let they let the Vikings back in it. They had to go to overtime against the commanders. So their wins have been less convincing. I mean, obviously they're a great team, um, but I think the 49ers have less weaknesses. Like the Eagles pass defense is not great. Whereas the 49ers are like first in pretty much every metric defensively right now. Um, my, the reason, so in, I said on this, podcast before like the reason i've doubted the 49ers this year is because of brock purdy um i thought i i I thought last year was kind of a fluke and there were some games this year where you know the stat line looks really good but like the you know the the tape was not didn't really quite match up with that but i gotta tell you like watching him against the cowboys like that was like he looked he made some big boy throws in that game like he looked like a legitimate franchise quarterback in that game and he's he's never lost a game that he's finished because obviously he had that injury in the NFC championship game last year, but every game that he started and finished, like he's won. I feel like that's regardless of how stacked the 49ers are, like that's not a coincidence at this point. So I think right now they're the best team. They have the least weaknesses at the moment, but I think the caveat there is that it's still really early. Um, Cause remember, if you remember last year, the bills like looked like one of the best teams ever, like the first five, six weeks of the season, and they didn't even make it to the conference championship game. So right now I'd say they're they're number one, but it's a long season ahead. So we'll see, see where we are in a few weeks. Yeah, I think uh, I think Alex, you brought up a good point about like kind of the uh, the lopsidedness of the divisions, the the NFC versus the AFC. I didn't think about that until now. I think the the NFC is probably the better conference right now because they have more teams at the top competing. You have the 49ers, you have the Eagles, you have the Seahawks, you have the Lions. Um, you have uh, the Bucks, even. Uh, yeah. yeah. Top to bottom, they're just more – they're deeper. I feel like that's a good point that you brought up. 
Well, and, and to go to Owen's point there as well, I think there's, there's something to be said for uh, the quarterback play. I think down the stretch, uh, if you, ha- if you have to choose between Jalen hurts or Brock Purdy, I think you're taking Jalen hurts just because of that dual threat ability. He's been there before you trust Jalen hurts. Um, he's shown us that he can be that competitive uh, player, you know, week in and week out, but, uh, it's it's almost if you're a 49ers fan, it almost brings you some comfort that your quarterback doesn't have to play outstanding, and your team is still putting mm-hmm. together you know solid wins week to week. I think that that does speak for you know um, the coaching there um, in, in San Francisco, and I think that speaks for the, just the the team that has been assembled around Brock Purdy as well. For sure, um, definitely those two teams play each other uh, week 13, and uh, there's a decent chance that they're both like undefeated or have one loss going into that game. So obviously that's a ways away, but that, that, that'll be a marquee matchup for sure. Um, Another uh, notable game that happened uh, on Sunday this past week happened in London between two um, high end AFC teams, the bills and the Jaguars, the Jaguars beat the bills. I believe 25 to 20 was the final score. Is that correct? Correct. That is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, it was kind of an ugly game. Like there were a ton of penalties in that game. Uh, the Bills' offense. Geez, I don't know what happened there. The Bills' <laughs> offense was really disjointed for most of, really most of the game. Um, but they they made it competitive at the end. Uh, I actually thought, despite like, I actually thought both Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen played well in this game. Um, but one big takeaway is that. Matt Milano, the star inside linebacker for the Bills, likely is going to be out for the season. And this just comes a week after Tredavious White suffered a season-ending injury against the Dolphins. So these those are, I think, arguably the two – I don't even think it's arguable. I think those are definitely the two best defensive players in the Bills. Now out for the year. Daquan Jones, uh, really good defensive tackle. He's also out for the year. So – the Bills lost this game in more ways than one because they dropped a three and two. Um, and now their defense is in some rough shape moving forward and not a good look for the Bills. Not a, not a good prospect for the Bills without those guys. As for the Jaguars, this is a win that they needed to have. And I, I think um, they should be in the driver's seat in the AFC South. Yeah, I I, th- I believe we both picked the Bills, right? Or did you pick the Jags on the other? I picked the Jaguars. So. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, that was a good pick by you. Uh, yeah, in the back of my mind, I, I could see the Jaguars, you know, beating them because you know they've been they've been in London for what two weeks now. They don't yeah. have to deal with all the adjustments that the Bill like. I don't know if that's much of a factor, but it, I mean, the Bills started slow. I didn't watch. I didn't watch a lot of that game, but. I woke up just in time to kind of like catch the highlights of it and the stats, but yeah, I, I, I still think the bills are going to be competing to the end for the AFC championship, but this is definitely uh, a, a fork in the road, uh, a road bump for them. But it's not because they lost this game. Like it, it, it's because of their injuries. Uh, yeah. 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 And they, their defensive line is banged up. Like, I don't know if uh, Rousseau played or not, yeah, he did. Really good D lineman they have too. Greg Rousseau. Um, did Tredavious White's out, like you said, Matt Milano. Uh, but I do think they're a deep team that can fill the holes um in their defense. So I think they'll be fine. Um as for the Jaguars, uh I agree that they're gonna be the leader in the AFC South. I do think that's a sneaky good division right now with the Jags, the the Texans and the Colts leading the way and the Titans too, which they're not, but they're competitive, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think they're going to be, uh, Trevor Lawrence played really well. Didn't his stats didn't like blow you away, but like, I feel like he took care of the ball. He made some good throws. He had two fumbles, but I think that was mainly bad blocking. On yeah. The yeah. I was mainly talking about like interceptions wise, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He did good there. He, he played well for sure. Mm-hmm. I think if you're you're if you're the Bills, you're feeling confident still. Um, especially looking at your position in the AFC, um, the wild card race as early as it is, um, even within the division, I think um, the Dolphins look strong. They look competitive, um, so you might be nervous about that. But I mean, if you look at the other wild card teams at the moment, uh, if we're zooming out on a wide play 
playoff picture. You're looking at the Ravens, who have looked solid, but the Steelers lead that division. So who knows? A lot could change there. And really, you're looking at the Colts, um, the Chargers. I think you're still pretty comfortable at three and two here. You have a lot of the season left. Um, I think their offense did look stagnant at times in that game, which is somewhat concerning. Um, but Josh Allen, as long as you can keep him settled in throughout the game, I think that offense is always going to be a threat. And the Jags just prove that they're a strong team, a strong competitor in the in the AFC, and especially in the AFC South. I think this is a must win. You fall behind the Colts, and at two and three, I think you're a little bit worried about the direction of your season. So I think the Jags just prove that they're they're a solid team in this game. So. And uh, the Bills have an ultimate get-right game. They play the Giants on Sunday night. Oh, God. So, That's going to be I, bad. I don't even know if I'm going to watch that game. Why are the Giants always playing in primetime? I feel like because that New York market. Well, and and they were good. I mean, they were good last year, and they play in New York. So that that yeah. I guess all those games were scheduled ahead of time. Yeah. All right. So the next game that we're going to do here um, – Chiefs Vikings and we have a Vikings fan on here tonight. So Alex, I'll let you lead off this one. Um, I'm assuming you watched this game. Your Vikings now fall to one and four. Justin Jefferson has been placed what well, place an IR. I don't know what what was his specific injury. Do you know? It was a hamstring hamstring injury. So. Yeah, it was, it was pretty telling that like on that last drive he wasn't in the game. That's how I knew like it was it was not good. Um, so I'll let you tackle this one. Your thoughts on this game and the, the state of the Vikings moving forward? Yeah, I think um, it, it. You know, this game it, without the context of the season, I think the Vikings had a strong performance. Um, you know, they were right in there with the Chiefs till the end. Some controversial calls at the end, I believe, um, and I think that that's. You know, regardless of if you're a Vikings fan, you can at least admit some of them are questionable. And I think going forward for the Vikings, um, you know, with with the season in context, at one and four, um, there's really not any hope of the playoffs anymore. Um, I think you're looking beyond till next season at this point, um, possibly making some trades at the trade trade deadline, trying to get off, um, you know, some of the depth of of um, your contracts that you have at this point, especially an expiring contract. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you win a couple games early on, especially the the one score games like the Bucks or even the Eagles, where the 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 fumbles really killed the Vikings in those performances. Um, and even a game like the Chargers, I think any of those losses, they're they're certainly you know within the Vikings realm. You know, uh, a couple bounces go differently. I think the Vikings win those games, but unfortunately uh, much like the 2016 Raiders I uh, were 12 and four I think the Vikings are somewhat uh, reverting back to the norm here and uh, 2017 the Raiders finished at six and ten so I think really we're um, long term looking at that kind of a season for the Vikings I think the turnovers are an issue that has not been addressed um, Josh Oliver fumbling on the open opening possession of the game uh, it's just it's really telling of how the season's gone. Um, and I think, uh, you know, playing catch-up football worked really well for the Vikings last year. They were pulling off amazing comebacks. And this year, I just don't know that, they're, uh, that their talent is there, the play calling. It's it's something's not not adding up there in Minnesota. So, Yeah, because I think the Vikings were a pretty easy regression candidate going to the year because of their one luck and one-score games last season. I didn't think it'd be this bad, though. I didn't think they'd be one and four. Um but I have a question um, regarding Kirk Cousins. Uh, do you think there's a chance he gets traded this season? And if not, do, do you think this is his last year with the Vikings? Um, it'd be hard for me to see Kirk leaving this year. I think uh, he'd have to make the contract work um, with, with a team. Um, and, of course, you'd have to – pair up a suitable trade candidate. And I just don't really see that. Um, of course, a team like the Jets is going to be discussed. I don't really see him going to the Jets. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have the cap to make it work. Um, you know, I, I just don't see really any other candidates that would be in the market for a guy like Kirk Cousins. I don't know if he moves the needle enough, um, especially with how well Zach Wilson played last week. Who knows? Uh, maybe a team like, um, you know, New England, but they're not really building for this year. They're not competing at all. And I don't even know if New York's competing at this point, because it'd be, they're probably going to fall to two and four, three and five, maybe by the time the trade deadline hits, I just don't see the, that working out for them. Um, you know, long-term, I think this is probably Kirk's last year. I think you've seen 
the ceiling with Kirk, and I don't think that's a knock on Kirk at all. I just think uh, for a veteran quarterback, um, this team's looking to rebuild probably now. I think at one and four, you've you've wrote it out with the expiring contracts. Guys like Harrison Smith are probably not going to come back. Kirk's probably gone. Um, you know, you're looking at these older players. I just don't think you're going to pay them anymore. I think it's time to hit the draft and see what we can get in free agency, maybe take a gamble on a guy like another Marcus Davenport, for example, um, who's played strong this year when he's been healthy. So, Yeah, so pretty good pretty good insight there, Alex. Um, I I think, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it'd be hard to trade a, a starting quarterback midseason, um, but I do think he, this is likely his last year with the Vikings. Um, Jackson, uh, what were your thoughts on this game, and what were your takeaways for both teams? Um. I'll try to make it quick. Um, I thought it was a competitive game. Um, I'm kind of nervous about the Chiefs' offense. I don't know about you, but mm. it's just they kind of look like they're the not. Receivers, hiring the receivers are terrible. The receivers, receivers are bad. They're yeah. just, they need they need to hit the draft, and they need to draft two wide receivers, in my opinion. Two. Well, I think they need to make a trade something at the trade deadline for that too. Yeah, they have good. Yeah, I think a guy like. Sorry to interrupt. I think uh, speaking of that, I think a guy like KJ Osborne this yeah. year on the last yeah. year of his deal for the Vikings, I think he's a prime, prime uh, trade candidate at this point. Um, I just don't really see how he sticks around. Um, let's you know the Vikings aren't going to pay him. I think they let they don't rather than let him walk for nothing. I think they try to trade him to a team like Kansas City. So yeah, sort of like you said about Kirk, he really doesn't move the needle for them. Like. He's he's an okay player. He didn't have a great pedigree coming out of the draft. He was an outstanding player. He wasn't Jordan Addison, for example. You know, right? I feel like they they'd be fine to let him walk. But yeah, I, I think the Chiefs need to draft some wide receivers. They've got they've got good young, young talent, good young wide receivers, but they're not ready yet. You know, and and Kadarius Tony yeah. has, has ball security problems and dropping issues. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys know Kirk Cousins is leading the league in touchdown passes this year? I I was I was shocked to see that, um, which is weird because last year like he had he, they won thirteen games and he had kind of mediocre numbers, and this year like he's he's putting up good stats again and they're one and four. It's just it's a weird just weird situation. Um, yeah, I don't my, I don't have any huge takeaways from this game. Like the Chiefs kind of did what they were supposed to do. Uh, their offense was a little shaky in the first half. Um, they they scored twenty seven points offensively. It's mm-hmm. not bad. Mahomes had a good game. Um, he made some insane throws in this game. The one to uh, I think it was Justin Watson down the sideline was just ridiculous. Uh, there was a bit of an injury scare though when when Kelsey got hurt. Um, that did not look good, but he ended up coming back in the game and scoring a touchdown. So the Chiefs I, appeared to have dodged a bullet there. Um, but I do I, my only concern about the Chiefs is we've discussed is the receiving core i um i just don't think it's good enough as currently constructed unless guys like rapidly improve and i think they're likely to make a trade at the deadline for a guy like kj osborne maybe even a guy like maybe even they bring juju smith schuster back who he was their number one receiver last year when they won the super bowl he's done nothing with the patriots this year um i have a name for you who mike evans uh, the Bucks are like competitive though. So or, I don't see that. Or Pittman. Uh, I guess not Pittman. But like a guy like that, like a number one wide receiver. I guess I could see an Adam Thielen. Thielen. Adam yeah. Thielen's a good one, I think. Because yeah, the Panthers are terrible. A bad Adam team. Thielen. They have no reason to keep him around long yeah. term. I think that's they're a, building that's for one the to future. Watch that's one to watch. And Adam Thielen, like, he's still he's still all right. Like he's not as good as he he's used to be. He's still productive and he, he could be definitely productive with Mahomes throwing him the ball. Um, and for the Vikings, I think Alex, you hit the nail on the head, just kind of, it, it seems like a lost season at this point. Um, so I think nothing too unexpected came out of that game. Uh, moving on to our last game that we're going to recap crazy one. Uh, the Steelers Ravens, uh, the Steelers beat the Ravens 17 to 10. The Ravens led for a vet, large majority of this game. Um, a big story from this game is that the receiving core, speaking of bad receiving cores, uh, the receiving core dropped, I think, eight, seven or eight passes from Lamar Jackson. Um, they were only able to score 10 points. They had the ball, uh, I think, at, like at the 
the Steelers like two or three yard line and Lamar threw an interception in the end zone. It was a it was a jump ball in the end zone. And uh guess who the jump ball was intended for? Uh Zay Flowers. No. It was intended for Odell Beckham Jr. Which oh. <laughs> it's it throwing a jump ball to OBJ in 2023 is uh I just not, not sure about that. Sorry, Owen. Uh speaking of he's just he's just filling space right now. Like what what are they doing keeping him on the team? Yeah, I think it's I think Odell might need to get the, the podcast gear going, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um but so Jackson Jackson, Alex, um what do you what do you got? Oh, of course, and oh I forgot to mention Kenny Pickett through game winning touchdown pass to George Pickens. Um the Steelers, you win yet another game in which they looked terrible for like ninety-nine percent of the game, and yet they're sitting at three and two and leading the AFC North somehow. Um I still don't think they're a very good team, and I I don't think this style of winning is sustainable uh their offense is just so hard to watch like <laughs> it's just yeah. it's like, it's the most boring offense in the league but um alex jackson like what were your main takeaways from this game for either both these teams my my main takeaway is that the steelers need a complete revamp on offense next year like yes complete. like i i think they can build something with kenny pickett personally mm-hmm. but what build around him <laughs> And get a, get him an offensive coordinator that'll work with him and call plays that uh, fit his style of play and his strengths because I don't think Matt Canada is that guy for him. Yeah, Matt Canada is the worst offensive coordinator I've ever seen. Do you see that? Do you guys, either of you guys I saw that video? That? Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, Alex, did you see that video? I have not. Now, oh, when uh, Pickett threw the winning touchdown, they showed the offensive co- Matt Canada in the booth. And he just like had the most like stone expression on his face because Pickett likely like audibled out of his bad play call to throw the touchdown. It was pretty funny. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I think these are two like pretty evenly matched teams. Like, I think the Ravens are probably a little bit better, and they have probably a better chance to make the playoffs. But, um, it. The Steelers always just kind of hang around, I think, because of their coach, because they have a really good head coach. And he's just kind of a scrappy head coach, like kind of like scrappy, and he's a fighter. And this team kind of takes on the personality of his head coach. And they kind of just – they're always competitive. They're always in games. They just – I don't know. They're just – it just feels like they're just missing something. Yeah, like it's 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 insane because they're always like so incredibly boring to watch, and yet they always like finish the winning record. Um, I still, in for my thoughts on both these teams, I still don't think the Steelers are any good, despite the fact they won. The Ravens, like the Ravens, would have won this game in a blowout if the receivers could catch. Um, <laughs> I still think they're, I think I think they're a comfortably better team, um, but that that's a rough loss. I don't think either one of these teams are like legitimate contenders. Um, I, but yeah. I think they that's, need that's, yeah. a, that's a tough one for the Ravens for like in terms of like playoff seating. Um, and it's good, it gets me one like there gets me the end of the year, they're gonna look back on and, and be like, Yeah, that was a tough one. Lamar Jackson actually, like, he had like the highest PFF grade of all qualified quarterbacks this week, despite like having a mediocre stat line and the Ravens offense only scoring 10 points, but just because just shows how bad the receivers were in this one. <laughs> Yeah, I think really there's no big takeaways for me in this game. I think the Raiders, or excuse me, the Ravens um, have have some difficulties on offense. I think the receivers dropping. I think what was it, three touchdown passes? Yeah, uh, potentially. I think that's I think that's the, the storyline here. Um, Mike Tomlin, of course, like you guys have hit on, is is a fantastic coach. I think he keeps his teams in it. Um, and and again, Matt Canada is terrible. Um, I think. Kenny Pickett, if you're if you're a Steelers fan, he has shown some flashes. And George Pickens, I think, is is a future star receiver, um, if not a great number two, if they bring somebody else in or one A one B type of situation there. So, I think if you're a Steelers fan, you're feeling pretty confident um, right now, just in the future of the team. Um, but I don't think they're very interesting to watch, and I don't think you're no. probably. Um, super excited for the end of this season. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, to his credit, has looked great this year. Um, and I think coming back from injury, 
Um, that's really what you want to see from Lamar too. So um, if you're a Raiders fan um, or Ravens fan, excuse me, I've done that twice now, but uh, <laughs> if you're a Ravens fan, I think you're feeling okay about this too. I think the team bounces back. It's just a couple tough losses here. Um, you know, you got the Colts loss hanging there too. Um, when that was a close game. So I think you got to find a way to finish out against these teams that are probably playing above their record right now against the Ravens. So, yeah, for sure. So that should like mostly wrap up some of the uh, notable actions from week five. Now we'll go into a period of awards, give out our players of the week. Um, Alex, I'll let you go first. Who was a player that uh, from week five that stood out to you and had the best performance? I think I, you know, I tend to go um, look at the offensive skill positions. I think one name that stands out this week is DJ Moore. I think uh, the Bears have looked awful and incredibly stagnant on offense, but this week DJ Moore was really, really putting up the team on his back. And you know, credit to um, credit to Fields for getting the ball to him as well. But I think DJ Moore really came out of his own and looked like the receiver we saw in Carolina. So I, I got to give it to DJ Moore this week. I think. <laughs> just coming out in a big way with 230 yards and three TDs. It's, it's really an incredible performance by him. Yeah, that, that was, um, the bears needed that one. Uh, that was an insane stat line. I, I mean, he, he seemed like he was wide open in every play. That was, that was one of the best games you'd see from a receiver. Uh, Jackson, who was your player of the week this week? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with the offensive side of the ball and go with Jamar chase. Uh Jamar had 15 catches for 192 yards and three touchdowns um, in the Bengals' uh, win over the Cardinals. Um, and not a whole lot needs to be said about it, but it's good to see the Bengals' offense finally getting into gear and not looking sluggish and Joe Burrow looking good and comfortable in the pocket. And I feel like this is a type of performance from Jamar and, and Joe that can, you know, propel them forward and, and start getting some confidence back into them because we all know that they can do it. And they all they had the talent to have a great offense. So I, I, I thought his performance was very notable. All right. So that's a good one as well. I'm going to go with Brock Purdy, uh, 252 yards, seven, 70% completion percentage, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 144.4 passer rating against what was statistically a really good defense. Not much needs to be said there. Um, just basically a perfect performance from Purdy. And these are the type of games that make you really confident if you're a 40, that you're, a, if you're a 49ers fan, that you have a legitimate quarterback that you can win a Super Bowl with this year. So Brock Purdy gets my player of the week. He's ex- He doesn't have the greatest arm strength, but he makes up with it with, precision accuracy like for sure very good anticipation and um yeah does little things well yes he does smart passer as well um smart you know and and i hate to say this but you know a guy like tom brady even you know not the most athletically gifted quarterback but gonna make the right decision and gonna keep you in games when your defense is playing well and to be honest, that's how Brock Purdy's looked this this season. So it, it really is reminiscent of me to young Tom Brady, which of course is high praise for one Brock Purdy. But I think that's what it's reminiscent of for me. Yeah, I mean it's an easy comparison to make when because they're both like very late round picks. Neither one of them are super. Now Brady's a little more physically gifted. He was like six four, had a stronger arm. But like you, I, neither one of them are like. No, no one would mistake either one of these guys for like Pat Mah- Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen or any of like those athletic freaks at quarterback. But they just Aaron like Rodgers even Rodgers too. Yeah, um, they just they just are so good at like every aspect of playing quarterback that like they don't need they don't need that like freakish athletic talent. They just go out there and execute. Um, so. Um, yeah, I, it's just we'll see how we'll see how Purdy does the rest of the year, but he he might be the MVP if the season ended today. That's how well he's played this year. Um, so let's move on to Week Six. Uh, we have three games to preview here. Week Six, uh, starting off with a team that uh, Jack 
you just touched on the Bengals playing the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. The Bengals, um, like you said, finally looked like a good team this week, albeit against the Cardinals. Um, but still, their offense came to life. Joe Burrow looked good for the first time this year. Look, He did, didn't look like that calf was bothering him as much as it was those first four weeks. But they take on a really good Seahawks team. They're three and one. They're coming out. They had a they were on a bye this past week, but they just obliterated the Giants the last time we saw them, which not sure how much that's saying, but a win's a win in the NFL. A really good Seahawks team that I predicted to make the NFC championship game prior to the season. Not sure if they're gonna do that, but it'll be a good game regardless. And um I feel like we're gonna find a lot about the Bengals in this game if they win. Um but I'm not. I'm not going to go first. I'll let Alex. I'll let you go first since you're the guest. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Who do you think is going to win and why? I think uh, if you're the Bengals, this is a must-win. Um, I think going down two and four um, with shaky quarterback play from Burrow, of course, dealing with that injury. Um, I think this is a must-win. I think for the Seahawks, it's it's sort of a must-win also. I think it's a prove-it game uh, for them. You know, the Bengals have looked better, but not insane. Um, I think the, the Seahawks, admittedly, even if they win this game, have better wins on the year. I think beating the Lions um, in Detroit, yeah. uh, I think that's a stronger win for them. Um, and truthfully, I think that um, the Seahawks take this one. I just don't – even with it being in Cincinnati, um, I just don't see them – I just don't see Cincinnati having the, the talent or the consistency, I guess, talent-wise. Um, of course, you know, with with guys like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, you're always going to be in it, but I just don't really see that. I, they haven't shown it to me. You know, it was even close to the Cardinals for a lot of the game, and Cardinals, are, of course, aren't a good team. Two weeks ago, you're looking at the Titans destroying them. So I just don't – until I see something more from the Bengals, maybe a couple more weeks here – um, you know, and, and of course, like I said, that's a must win for the Bengals because if you go down two and four and then play the 49ers next week in, in San Francisco, I don't think you're feeling super confident about that. Yeah, that's a good thing to mention um, because after the Bengals have their bye after this game, if they lose this game, they go to two and four after their bye, their first two games after their bye at San Francisco and against the Bills on Sunday Night Football. Like that's uh, that's not a good look. So. I agree. This is a game that the, if the Bengals want to contend for like anything this year, they have to win this game. They're at home. They're against a team that they're better than on paper, even though I, the Seahawks are a good team. Um, I was encouraged but from what I saw from Joe Burrow uh, this past week, though. He he looked like, you know, the guy that we saw the last couple of years. And obviously, Jamar Chase is phenomenal. Um, T. Higgins did not play uh, last week. We'll see if they get him back. Um, again for this game, I think I think the Bengals are gonna win this game. I don't think they're gonna have the offensive performance that they did last time because the Seahawks are much better provide a much tougher test than the Cardinals do. So it'll be a little harder for them offensively, but it'll it'll look a hell of a lot better than it did those first four games. And um, I think they're gonna make just enough plays. I'm not ready to say they're back yet because I need to see it. I need to see it against an actual good team. And this is like their, their test against an actual good team to see if, if like those first four weeks are just a product of Burrow playing injured, them being rusty, whatever it was. Despite that, I'm going to pick them to win this game. Um, largely because they're at home. I think their defense could give Geno Smith some problems. Their, their pass rush has quietly been really good this year. They, they sacked, they had, a good amount of sacks on Josh Dobbs last week. They sacked Matthew Stafford like six times in their game against the Rams a few weeks ago. So I think they could get pressure on Geno. Um, as long as they take DK Metcalf out of the game and provide like quality coverage on Tyler Lockett, Seattle's offense could have some issues. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bengals to win this game because of their defense. I like their the way their defense matches up against Seattle's offense. Um, and I think their offense is going to do just enough. So I'm going to say Bengals 24, Seahawks 17. Okay, okay. Um, I think both of you made really good points. Um, I think the storylines going into this game are 
Oh, sorry to interrupt, Jack. One more thing. If the if the Bengals lose this game, I said this last week if they lost the Cardinals, I'd write them off. If they lose this game, I'm also writing them off. You're two and four, and you have like two really tough games after the bye. It'll be tough coming in, coming from that. So um I'm writing them off if they lose this game. Just throwing that out there. No, you're good. Um I think the health of Geno Smith is important here. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. An injury that he's he should be able to recover from because they had a bye week last week. Um, if he can't play, it'll be Drew Locke as the starter. But his health is going to be important. I'll, although I do think he will play. Um, I think the Seahawks will be able to run the ball on the Bengals well with Kenneth Walker and kind of keep the ball away from the Bengals. And that could be important for them and, and give them an, a little bit of a time of possession advantage. Having said that, though, I do think this is not a get-right game for the Bengals, but like kind of building on what they did last week. And it's it's going to be in Cincinnati, I believe, right? Yes, it is. So, and they have a decent uh, home field advantage. Not great, but not terrible. So that that might be something for them to look forward to as well. But I do think the Bengals are going to play well in this game. And I, I think the Seahawks defense, I'm not going to say they're fraudulent. I think they're a solid defense, but I do think they, they have faced some like weaker competition in terms of offenses. They, they face the giants. The Lions are really good offensively. Who else have they played? Um, uh, they played the Rams who they lost to. The Rams are mid offensively. <laughs> they played Carolina. So, like, the Giants and the Panthers are two, like, wretched football teams. They gave up 27 to that Panthers offense, too. So, I think that's a that's a strong point. That's, they really, they've really only had one great game, and it was against the Giants, who arguably have the worst offense in the league. Yeah. I, I do think that the Bengals will have the great offensive, offensive line either, so they could easily get pressure on Joe Burrow, but – I think that they're just going to build on that, on that performance they had with the receivers, and I think the Bengals are going to win twenty-five to twenty-one. Okay, that's that's a that's like a unique score, 25, 25. Would They get like a. <laughs> I feel like I always go with the prototypical like yeah. score line, so yeah. I'm trying to mix up some more. All right, I, I I get I get I get that. Yeah. All right, so the next game we have on the schedule here is Buccaneers-Lions. Uh, this game is in Tampa, so the Lions will be going on the road here. Um, the Buccaneers, I argue, have been like the surprise of the NFL this year. They're 3-1. and one. They're, coming, they're also coming off their bye. Many people, I, I think, predicted them to be one of the worst teams in the league, predicted them to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, but they've been anything but that. Um, here's... They're, here's how their season is, has gone thus far. They beat Alex's Vikings week one. They beat the Bears week two. They had a rough one against the Eagles week three, but like that, the Eagles are one of the best teams in the league, so that, that's excusable. And then they beat the Saints on the road uh, in week four, which is the last time we saw them. Um, the Lions four, are four and one. I'd argue a top three team in the NFC, only behind Philadelphia and San Francisco. Um, their offense is really fun. Jared Goff's played really well this year. This will be a tough game for the Buccaneers. Um, I, it isn't, it is in Tampa though, but the Bucs don't really have a whole lot of a home. They don't have much of a home field advantage to speak of. Um, I think the lions are pretty obviously the better team despite having similar records. Um, but I do, I do think Tampa's offense could score some points against Detroit's defense. Detroit's defense has been much better this year than it's been in previous years. Um, but their second, their secondary is nothing special. Um, I think if Baker plays well, he he could get the ball out to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and the Buccaneers' passing game could put up some points against Detroit's secondary. So, I. I think the Buccaneers could make this competitive. Um, and they also their defense also has been good this year. So the Lions, well, I mean, this is not this is not the Panthers you're playing against, um, who they just obliterated last Sunday. So it'll be a, a bit of a tougher test for them. So I actually really struggled with this game because 
I think the Lions are the better team, but I think there's matchups on both sides of the ball that favor each team. Um, but I'm going to go with the Lions in this one for the reason being that I I think they're better coached. I think they're, they'll be better situationally if this game's close. I trust the Lions to um, – I trust the Lions to avoid mistakes more than I trust Tampa. And I think Baker Mayfield, while he has played well this year, I think he'll make one or two more mistakes than Jared Goff will in this game. That will be, I think that could ultimately end up being the difference. I think it's going to be a really close game, a moderately score high scoring game. Um, but I think the Lions are going to pull this out in the end um, just because I, I trust them a little more. Um, but I don't think I think Tampa's good enough to not make this easy for them. So I'm gonna go Lions 24, Buccaneers 21. Oh, and I think you brought up great points there. Um, as you said, I, I I was watching week one, of course, and the Bucks beat the Vikings. Um, I was actually in attendance for that game. Yeah. Yeah, so I watched it live and in US Bank Stadium. Um, and witness that firsthand, unfortunately. Um, hate to relive that. But the Bucks are a solid team. I think they've put up some some good wins. And like you mentioned, I think nobody was expecting them to look as good as they have thus far during the season. I just don't think that they have really delivered any impressive wins to me. I think that, you know, Minnesota week one was certainly a surprise, but of course they won by three. Um, There's turnovers in that game. The Vikings looked bad in the red zone. I think Buccaneers defense is more impressive than their offense, in my opinion. Um, holding the Eagles to 25 is nothing to scoff at, even uh, even though that's, you know, over three scores. But, um, you know, the Bears, they, they win by 10. The Bears have looked pretty bad most, most games they played this year. The Saints have looked... Kind of wishy-washy on offense. Of course, Alvin Kamara coming back this week looked, looked pretty good for them. But I think uh, the Lions, to me, look like the better team. I think they have more impressive wins when you look at their schedule. They've won, you know, more handily. They're like, like you mentioned, Owen. Their their defense has been better. Um, of course, still somewhat shaky, giving up twenty-four points to the Panthers, twenty to the Packers. I think those are not great, great defensive performances by them, but. I still like that offense for Detroit, especially if they get Amon Ross St. Brown in there this week for him. I believe he was out last week. Um, just getting the team back together um, offensively. Um, Sam Laporta's looked really impressive. I think um, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't think that um, offensively I would. I would doubt the Lions right now. And defensively, I think so long as they can apply pressure. Um, to Baker Mayfield, I think they can they can survive this game. Um, even though it is down in Tampa, I'd say if I had to put a score on it, I would like the Lions twenty seven, Bucks twenty. I think they cover the spread, um, which also, is three and a half this week. So okay, all right. Also, um, kind of a side point: Do you guys think the Lions are the third best team in the NFC right now? I would agree with that sentiment. Yes, I think. Uh, maybe the Cowboys, but I don't. I don't think otherwise. Okay, Jackson, what do you think? Jackson, sorry, I, I was muted for some reason. Oh, okay, I was worried. Like you got you had, you had like you got like kicked out. No, 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 I was just muted. Um. I think if the Lions and the Cowboys matched up today, the Lions would win by a field goal. I think it's pretty close, but I agree. I think it's I think the Lions are the third best team in the NFC right now. All right, cool. Um, moving on to this last game that we're going to preview here is the game on Monday night, and that is between the Chargers and the Cowboys. Um, the Chargers coming off a bye. They're 2-2. Two and two. Their wins are against the Vikings and the Raiders. They have losses to the Dolphins and the Titans. Um, the Cowboys coming at three and two, obviously had that embarrassing loss, to the 49ers on Sunday night. They also lost the Cardinals, which is not a good look. Their wins are against the Giants, Jets and Patriots, and they blew all those teams out. But none of those teams are very good. So it's kind of it's kind of tough to get a read on either one of these teams right now. Since I let off the preview for the pre- last game, I'll let either one of you guys kick this one off. Um and your thoughts on it? Uh, 
Um, I think this is going to be a really good game. I think it could be a response game for the Cowboys uh, after that bad performance against the 49ers. I could easily see them coming out and their offense firing on all cylinders. Um, I, I really think the Cowboys should focus on running the ball first with Tony Pollard and then running play action off of that and getting the ball to CeeDee Lamb. Um, I feel like they haven't involved him enough. And I think a lot of that is on Dak's shoulders, you know, uh, but I don't think he's played the best. I think he's probably an, an issue along with the offensive line there. But I think they need to get just focus on getting the ball or skill position players, uh, managing the clock, uh, not turning the ball over, not giving up sacks, and they're going to be just fine against this Chargers defense that is probably one of the worst in the league. And they're probably bottom five, let's be honest. Especially their pass defense is not good. But as for the Chargers, uh, hmm, this is an interesting spot for them. You know, coming off the bye, they've had time to prepare for the Cowboys. They sat back and watched them get obliterated. I think they'll be prepared and, and – they'll play well i just it's hard to know because of their head coach is so you know up and down of what you can expect from him and it's a question of whether he's going to be there at the end of the season or not um that's that'll be if they don't go to the playoffs he'll probably be fired in my opinion oh, yeah. but i don't know i this is a weird it, it's gonna be a good game i feel like but i feel like it's weird too like something about it is is just weird like i don't know like on one hand, I could see the Cowboys winning by two touchdowns. On the other hand, I could see the Chargers pulling off a field goal upset. You know, like I don't, I don't know because the Chargers they have the offense to compete. You know, I, I just feel like it's more on the Cowboys to come out and play well, and that'll determine the outcome of this game. Um, so, having said that, I think the Chargers are going to pull off the upset. You know, I, I feel like I feel like it would be an upset if they won. But yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win thirty-one to twenty-seven. Wow. Okay. Feels like a bold uh, pick, but yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just get out of the way. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Um, I still think the Cowboys are a good team. I don't think they're like a high-end contender. Um but I think they're at least a good team. I don't think the chargers are any good. Um, They started to Owen two. They did everything they could to lose against the Vikings. uh, And they were in a game in the fourth quarter against the Aiden O'Connell led Raiders. Uh, So they're honestly lucky to be two and two. Um, It's a quote unquote home game for them, which, you know, which means there's gonna be, the crowd's going to be like 90% Cowboys fans because all the chargers fans just don't, Chargers fans just don't really exist, <laughs> or, or they're all they're all still in San Diego, I guess. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to win this game pretty comfortably. I think um, largely, like you said, the, the Chargers defense stinks. Uh, I think Dak could look good against this defense. Um, the run defense is is terrible. Tony, this I I think I. Take uh take the over on Tony Pollard rushing yards in this game. I think it's gonna be a big Tony Pollard game against the Chargers run defense. Um I don't know what to make of the Cowboys defense because like they've for three games this year, they looked like the 85 Bears, but those were against Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. Obviously, Justin Herbert is like worlds better than all three of those guys. But um Obviously, Mike Williams is out for the year. They do have Keenan Allen, who has looked looks like he's shown no signs of slowing down so far this year. Austin Eckler coming back will, will be big for them, but we don't know like how healthy he is. Um, so I think the Chargers could put up some points, but I don't think they'll put up enough points to put up, to keep up with their crap or the, excuse me their poor defense in this game. Um, I just th- I just think it'll, it'll be a classic Cowboys game where like they blow out a bad team on prime time and everyone thinks they're like they're going to the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm gonna go Cowboys 31, Chargers 20 in this game. I I like I said I don't really I'm not super high in either one of them, 
but I'm lower on the Chargers than I am high on the Cowboys. Um, so it'll just be a, another defensive disaster class for the Chargers, which are pretty common. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, this is Dak's game to lose. Um, Dak hasn't really impressed me in most games this season. You know, he's done enough. Um, I think, it really, to me, it comes down to the defense. I think that I can make um, cases for both teams' offenses and why I think they're better or worse. I think uh, Justin Herbert has certainly proved to be a better quarterback this year, in my opinion, um, than Dak has. But, um, you know, I don't know beyond that what what the – what the Chargers look like going forward. Um, you know, like you said, Austin Eckler coming back off injury without Mike Williams, I don't know. There's question marks. I think the Cowboys offensively, if they can involve C.D. Lamb and they can get that run game going with Tony Pollard, I like that offense. And I just don't really know which one long-term is going to be superior. Um, so I think defensively is what it comes down to for me. I think the Cowboys, you know, uh, excluding last week's performance against the 49ers. I think they've looked like the better defense. Um, I'm going to go Dallas 28, uh, LA 20, I'd say. Yeah, one more thing to touch on. I just think it should be a, a classic case of a good team beating up on like a mediocre to bad team. And if the Cowboys, the Cowboys can win this game by 40, like I still wouldn't. Like I still wouldn't see them as like legit contenders. So just, you guys just see the, the gap between these two teams is being that big. What was that? You guys see the gap between these two teams as being that large? I mean, I think the Cowboys are probably like the ninth best team in the league. The Chargers are like the seventeenth best team in the league. So it's I don't think it's huge. I don't think it's like huge, but I think the Cowboys are um definitely better. I agree with that. I just feel like it's maybe a little closer than you think. Okay. And I, I, I think I get that point because Herbert, I think Herbert's great. Um, I, it's not, I, the, I don't think the Chargers are bad because their offense. I, mean, I think they're bad because of their coaching and their defense. Just that, that just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I think you're a little bit lower probably on the, on the Chargers than I am. I think they're still a competitive team. I think that they're, you know, you know, and 17th isn't a bad ranking for them, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, Brendan Staley, I, that is a factor. I think that, you know, sometimes they don't convert the plays I think they should on offense. That that worries me. Um, you know, they still have those deep threats. So I, I could certainly see it going the other way. I could certainly see Herbert with the upset and, you know, Dallas's defense scrambling all game with that, that uh, tempo that the Chargers do run often. Um, and I think, you know, much like you saw with the Vikings, I think Keenan Allen can, you know, slant his way up the field like Michael Thomas a la 2019. So I could see that the uh, – I could see the Chargers pulling this game off. I just think uh, maybe 65 times out of 100, I think the Cowboys win this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be stunned if the Chargers win, but these are two teams that like you, you can never trust in like any important game. So we'll, we'll just see how it turns out. Um, that should just about do it for our week six previews. Um a couple other games, Bills-Giants on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Chiefs-Broncos tomorrow. Um, not Actually, not a whole lot of great games this week out, outside of ones we just previewed. So we'll see how it all goes. Um, our segment this week, so we're five weeks into the season. Jackson, you and I did our quarterback rankings before the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're – each of us are going to give our top five quarterbacks and it's not just going to be for this season. It's going to be overall, but the way the performance this season will be taken into account uh, just to give some direction there. So um, Alex, I'll actually let you go first uh, on this. All right. Um, So I think, I will stick with my top three quarterbacks heading into the season, um, which would be Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and uh, Josh Allen. I think any of those orders could, you know, could be argued. I don't, I don't really favor one incredibly over the other, but I do think Mahomes is probably the strongest, especially, you know, they're, they're a strong team still with terrible wide receivers. So I think Mahomes is still probably at the top of the list for me. I think Jalen Hurts and um, Josh Allen are, 
right up there at two and three for me. Um, I think Lamar Jackson, probably at four. I think he's had a strong performance. If they got him some better weapons, much like I was saying for Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years, um, I think he's just as talented. I think he makes the plays. I think that dual threat ability is ridiculous. Um, and at five for me, I you know, I think – I'd like to go through some honorable mentions. I think um, some rook- some people that have impressed me this season is Matt Stafford. Still looks good. Geno Smith's looked good. Uh, Jared Goff's looked good. Even C.J. Stroud, I think long-term, is, is a good quarterback. I think at five, um, I'd go Trevor Lawrence still. I think he's had a good season. I think, you know, maybe he finished last year as like my sixth or seventh quarterback, and I think – He's, he's sliding into the top five for me, but also Tua, I think, is, you know, probably top ten at this point. So I think there's a lot to be argued for the top five, but I think those right now would be the top five for me, um, especially youth in that. I think who's the oldest there, Lamar maybe or Mahomes, but they're still young. So I think, yeah, the, the youth for me is the important thing there because they all have room to grow. Even, uh, you know, Herbert, I, I didn't mention Herb, Justin Herbert there, but – Herbert could go in that five spot for me as well, but I'd go, I'd go Trevor Lawrence right now. I think the team looks better. All right, that's a that's a pretty good list. Um, uh, Jack, I'll let you go, and I'll go last. Okay, cool. Um, I like your list, Alex. Um, as for mine, uh, I'll start from the bottom. Uh, at my number five quarterback, it's going to be Justin Herbert. Um. At my number four, it's going to be Tua Tagovailoa. At number three, it's Jalen Hurts. At number two, it's Josh Allen. And number one is Patrick Mahomes. So I feel like the only debatable one in there is Tua. You could probably change him out with – you could move Herbert up a spot and put in Lamar. Um, And this is an interesting list for me to make because my preseason rankings, I had Joe Burrow, I think number three or four. Ahead of Hertz, you had him up there, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting to see the fall, you know, and I think his injury has a lot to do with it. But I think this is a solid list so far, and I think two has been arguably. I think he deserves a spot in the top five. He's played outstanding. I think he's top five in passing yards this year so far. So, um, and he's he's, you know, in the past he's had turnover problems and. This year, he's, he's held on the ball pretty well. I, I know he threw two picks last week, but I don't think anybody really cares because they still yeah, the game was The game was in hand when he threw them. So he yeah. threw one pick six. That was not great. He, the second one, the game was not competitive at that yeah, point. He, he's passed the eye test. And so, yeah. so he has. And and the biggest knock on Tua heading into the season as well was really his health. Um, that was the yeah. biggest concern. He's a smaller quarterback. He's injured. He's banged up. Can he last? And I think he's disproven that thus far. Now, of course, there's 12 weeks left of the season, or 13 weeks left, but 12 more games for him. I, I think that, you know, we'll see. But I think you make a strong case for two of there. I, I would have to agree. He's had an incredible season thus far. All right. You guys both had pretty good lists. So you got you, you each had Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. Jackson had Tua and Herbert. Mm-hmm. Alex had Lamar and Trevor. That's correct. All right. So um, I'm going to go with some honorable mentions first. Um, uh, some shout outs. Uh, Matthew Stafford, shout out. Um, he's had a re- His stats aren't that great this year, but like he's been a lot better by the eye test, in my opinion. Um, he's making Puka Nakua look like Jerry Rice, and now he's got Coop through five. Puka Nakua is like literally on pace to like break like the all-time receiving yardage record through five games. It's insane. Uh, now Cooper Cup's back. Um, he's I think he's doing a lot with not much outside of those two guys on that offense. Uh, so he gets an honorable mention for me. Um, another honorable mention goes to um, Trevor Lawrence. Um, had has had some ups and downs this year, um, but I think the the highs are so good that like you have to put him in these kind of conversations. Um, the only thing that he needs to work on is consistency, like trying to eliminate the bad performances, like you know getting blown out by the Texans at home, you know, um, 
you know, he didn't have a great game against the Chiefs in week two. So, like, if he can be more consistent, he could definitely get into that top five. But he's definitely worth a mention. And um, my last honorable mention is Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow, I think, is a top five quarterback, but I can't put him in that in there with the way he's played this season, um, even with the most recent game. I mean, it, it's one good game against the Cardinals. So if he, I can't, I can't put him in the top five with one good game against a bad team and then four poor games. But if he, if that, if that game was a sign of things to come and he starts looking like himself, he'll definitely get back up there. Um, so he's, he's outside of it for now, but he could definitely work his way back in there. Um, so number five, I have Jalen Hurts of the Eagles. Um, his passing stats are down this year, but teams five and zero. Oh, he, he provides great value as a runner. Um, throws a really he throws a. I don't know if you watch this. Jalen Hurts arguably throws the best deep ball, pure deep ball in the league. It's like every every pass like go is like so easy for his receivers to catch. Uh, he's speeding AJ Brown. Yes, like he just he does a lot of things really well. The only reason I have him a little lower is that he has such a stack supporting cast mm-hmm. that I think the guys ahead of him would do just as well, if not better, with the Eagles' offense, um, offensive cast. But obviously, hurts with the season he had last year. Um, him being five and zero this year deserves to deserves a mention. Um, number four, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. Um, I think he's played a lot better than his stats would indicate. His most recent game against the Steelers is a prime example of that. Um, he does a lot with not a whole lot on that offense. Um, so he definitely has earned the right to be a top five quarterback. Some people might think this is too high. I have Justin Herbert at three. I think he over he has to overcome a lot. His coaching is he has to overcome poor coaching. Um, he has to overcome like injuries on offense. He's already lost. His number two receiver, Mike Williams, for the year. Austin's running back has been out for all but one game this year. Um, and he just like makes some throws that are just insane. He does need he does need to start winning some more games, though. I think that's a valid knock on Herbert. Um, it's not all his fault. The Chargers defense is a disaster every year. But like if 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 he's gonna validate me by putting him top three. I think the Chargers need to at least make the playoffs this season and maybe, and I'd say win a playoff game because he has not done that yet. Um, but he's just so unbelievably talented and so fun to watch. Um, two, I have Josh Allen. Um, not much to be said here. If he can eliminate like the, the turnovers, he is like, he's just so hard to defend with his rushing ability, his arm strength. Um, He's, he's just been doing so much for that Bills offense for the past, like ever since he broke out in 2020, um, he's just been so, he's just been so good. He is, if you take Allen off the Bills, like that team's not a good football team without Allen. Like he, he is a floor raiser for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he like, but his, the biggest knock on him is the interceptions, but he creates so many big plays and he adds so much value to their offense that um, I, I can live with him throwing interceptions. And number one, I mean, obviously it's Patrick Mahomes. I don't really need an explanation there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I feel like Mahomes is the easy one to put it one. Yeah. And Allen and Hertz are definitely uh, solidified themselves in that top three. Um, but it should be uh, interesting to see. If any other guys that you mentioned, your your honorable mentions can elevate their play a little bit more, and oh, I forgot to mention Tua, he's an honorable mention as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also, if I had to add, add an honorable mention, it'd be uh, Jared Goff. He's had a really good year this year. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he he's he'd be he's top ten. Yeah, yeah. Another honorable mention on with Kirk Cousins. I think he's played incredible, but the team has let him down. His supporting cast should have been much better, and the turnovers are killing the teams. So. Yeah, Kirk. Kirk uh, Kirk's underappreciated for sure. Um, it's mm-hmm. a shame because like he's not the reason they're one and four. Um, but I think the casuals will be like, well, you know, Kirk Cousins can never win big games, even though his defense is terrible every year, and. 
His coaching has largely not been great most of his career. Um, so I think he gets he gets too much slander, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, my yeah he de- I, I agree with, with all your points there, Owen. Um, that's going to wrap it up for uh, the latest edition of the Unlimited NFL Podcast. Uh, it's been really fun to talk football with you guys. Uh, Alex, thank you for coming on, being our guest tonight. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, Owen, as always, appreciate you coming on as well. Yep, anytime. All right. Thank you to everyone listening, and we will see you next time.